Hello and welcome to the Stew with JT Brew on the Dynasty Pros Football Channel. I'm your host, Justin Taylor. It is cut down Tuesday in the NFL. Teams across the league making their final cuts before the season started. All kinds of fancy impact. Who went where? Who might end up signing with someone else? We got all kinds of stuff to talk about going across the league. Stick, us, uh, stick with us here as the Stew begins now. Uh, you up on trades and why you moves? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery of the leaderboard. Quite obviously not a scrub to start an institute. Make evaluations like a commissioner do. It's to the point your wife make you watch in a different room. Update your roster and pick and choose when you get some news. Not much that we enjoy more than sifting through sifting through new statistics to make it to our end zones through different groups. Universities, institutes, down to homies who click in groups. I introduce you did the stupid JT group. Once Fire. again, thanks for joining us here on The Stew. I've got my guy Brandon Booth from Dynasty Pros Football and a writer for Player Profile. Thanks for jumping on tonight as we're going to talk all the cuts in the NFL. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me. There were 1,100 cuts today, so something's got to be important. Yeah, it's kind of crazy with the way the NFL has kind of adjusted things where they used to have the set cuts downs, you know, throughout the season after every uh, preseason game. And they kind of got did away with that. They kind of said you can cut, make moves, and you don't really have to go final roster till the very end. Uh, and so we saw, yeah, like you said, a million cuts today. We're going to kind of highlight some of the big name stories, kind of what's happening. And, you know, just some of these guys we either like. Maybe your favorite player got cut. Maybe your deep sleeper got cut. But I wouldn't jump off on them too quickly. Wait and see. The waivers are going to run. We're going to see who's going to get picked up where. Uh, definitely some still uh, fantasy relevant players out there. But we got to jump into it. Anybody who knows me knows I am a Colts season ticket holder. Jonathan Taylor, one of my favorite players. He was the story of the day. The Colts unable to trade star running back Jonathan Taylor. Instead, mm. They decide they're going to put him on the pup list. Four weeks minimum, he has to sit. He is out the first four games. It doesn't matter if they trade him or not. I, I, I for one, was shocked by this move. I thought they'd either make the trade or they'd take him off the pup list so they could either play him or they could trade him to someone else who could play him right away. Kind of what did you think when you first heard the news? Well, it kind of begs two questions. Number one, uh, did they were they unwilling to trade him or – were they unable to trade him? And the other is, is he really hurt? Um, I, I I think all all signs kind of point to Jim Ursay playing games, and that's troubling um, just because of the, the running back environment in the first place. But you, you kind of have to have to think maybe he really does have an injury and he can't get out there. Uh, and if that's the case, then four weeks off is going to do him some good anyway. Uh, he might lose you a couple weeks in the first four weeks, but then once he comes back, he's going to be John, Jonathan Taylor and you're going to be okay. Yeah. I think for me, if there wasn't all the drama surrounding it and they said, Hey, he needs the four weeks. We don't want to fight this injury all year. You know, we're looking out for his overall you know, health and safety. And we want this guy for the end run of the season. I would feel a lot better about it. Right. For me though, this seems like, is this just the Colts going kind of an F you to Jonathan Taylor going, Hey man, you say you can't play. You say you're hurt. We'll just going to put you on the pup list. We're just going to do That's that. The and troubling we'll see what part. Happens. 
Yeah, that's that's the part that worries me is that uh, it's that mentality of you're not putting your best guys out on the field to win football games, which is the whole point of the NFL. You're playing games with contracts. You're messing with people's livelihoods, and you're you're setting a you're setting a precedent for the rest of the market. That I mean, there has been so much controversy about r- running back contracts that contracts this year that you know does this play into that we saw saquon barkley and josh jacobs there and uh tony pollard threatened to hold out eventually didn't and signed his tender but if that's the environment the running backs are in how does that affect everybody going through how does that affect what the union does there's so many implications beyond just you have a guy that was hurt and we're keeping him out it was let's be petty and you know not follow through on trades, not let him go to where he can do the best for his career and and his livelihood. So that's the troubling part to me is, is if this is all games now, I don't necessarily buy that. That's, you know, digging into conspiracy theories, but I think he's just hurt and Ursay knows that he has something valuable. Yeah. And I'm hoping, you know, this is, this is business. You know, teams do this. These things kind of happen. Uh, you're hoping that it just doesn't get to the point where it's just beyond repair, where if the Colts come out and they finally say, oh, you're healthy. We do look at you. The trainers look at you. We think you're good to go. You know, we we do want to eventually offer you a pretty good contract. We want to keep you here. You're hoping that all this back and forth just doesn't actually bury the relationship uh, between Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping it's more of a – in the media thing and less like these guys are really hating each other in the background. I'm hoping that's the case, uh, but you just never know for fantasy purposes. I mean, I all over JT took JT everywhere, took JT in every redraft league, took him in every keeper league, took him in every, you know, best ball league or, you know, charity league I was in. I was buying the dip all summer when everybody was worried about him. I was like, Oh, give him to me in the second round. Let him drop to me in the third. I was taking him everywhere, and now I just have full exposure across the board with him. And now for the first time, I'm really, really worried. I know I don't have him the first four weeks, and now I'm worried about does this turn into a Le'Veon Bell situation where you think, okay, he's going to sit out the first couple weeks, and then he's going to be like, all right, man, I want to get paid. I'm not going to sit out and not make any money. And then all of a sudden the guy sits out the whole season, and it's just an absolute disaster. I, I don't think I'm prepared for it yet emotionally. I'm trying to like figure it out, but man, it's like, Oh, uh, you hate to see guys in their prime sit out like this. I hope he gets healthy. I mean, a guy who's not never had injuries his whole career until last year. Uh, I hope he's able to bounce back. It's not for the Colts. I do really like him as a player. I hope it's somewhere else. That's good. But man, those fancy shares right now, if I hadn't already traded for him a bunch, I'd probably be sending out a million trade offers, seeing if I could get them even cheaper now. Yeah, I I sweated through the same thing with Josh Jacobs. I I basically was like you said, buying the dip, uh, taking him when other people were scared. And I'm a Raiders fan, so I I know what we've got. And he was RB one last year. So so I just spent the last month basically with white knuckles, going, he's gonna come back. He's gonna come back. He's and fortunately for me, I came out on the better end of that. And and the other Jacobs owners too, they they came out on the better end of that. But I know. Plenty of people who are are really devastated by the JT news. Yeah, I, I got some job, uh, Josh Jacobs shares when he was kind of down. People were worried about him. I know I skipped him in a couple earlier drafts of the year. I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Do I want to take him as my 
RB one in the second round, and I, I skipped over in a couple of leagues, but there's a couple other leagues I jumped in and took him when he fell far enough, and now I'm really happy about it. Um, going from there, the big topic, of course, if JT is not there, what do you do with this Colts running back room? Who are you taking? Are you picking someone up? How how you know how much is worth someone? I got my thoughts on. I want to hear your thoughts first on kind of what you would do. Uh, as a, a JT owner uh, looking at the running back room, trying to find a handcuff or someone on the waiver wire. So in, in my dynasty leagues, I've targeted Evan Hall just because I like him for the long term. Um, I, and I, given the ages of Deion Jackson and Zach Moss, uh, I went for the younger guy, but that was, you know, handcuffing in the 18th, 19th round. Uh, in redraft leagues, if I'm looking for somebody to re- replace JT's numbers in the first four weeks, Deion Jackson is the first person I'm looking at. Zach Moss had a broken arm, so it's going to take him a while to get back. They think that he might be ready for week one, but he's got a broken arm. You can't really rely on that. And Evan Hall is a good pass catcher, so he might be playing the third down role. So I think Deion Jackson would be the guy that I would look at um, as far as being the starter and and getting the fantasy points. But in Dynasty, I'm all over Evan Hall. That guy totally showed out during the combine, and everybody loves his athletic profile and his receiving ability and his speed. I mean, he's he's he should be, if he gets the right opportunity, a legit running back in the NFL. So for Dynasty purposes, he's, he's the guy that I'm looking for. I'm 100% agreement with you on Evan Hall. He's a guy I love. I'm in Big Ten country. I saw him play for Northwestern with some terrible teams. And I was on message words and I was in discourse telling people, man, Evan Hall, you got to watch out for him. This guy, he's got skills. He catches the ball. He plays for a terrible team and he's still putting on, you know, 1600, 2000 yard seasons together, you know, combined. And I was like, he, everybody always talks about receiving profile for running backs. Man, the guy had an unbelievable receiving profile in college. So he's the guy I want. Yeah, he's the guy I want in Dynasty, like you said. Absolutely. PPR leagues, I want him in PPR leagues because he's a guy, if I can play as my second running back in bye weeks or because of injury or I can put in a flex, I think the Colts are going to be down enough that he's going to get a lot of catches. And he should be getting a a decent amount of handoffs, you know, when they're running those two-minute drills and stuff. Non-PPR redraft league, like you said, I think I'm on Deion Jackson especially if it's a non-PPR, like a half-PPR league, Deion Jackson's going to get enough carries that he might get you a few points. Um, I would go him. I obviously would be looking somewhere else because I just think without JT, it changes everything this team wants to do, and I think it changes everything, this, the, the way defenses are going to play them. I just think they're going to stack the box, try to keep AR from running, and make him throw the ball. So, it's a it's a tough wow. call. I'm definitely not relying on Deion Jackson, but that's where if I'm going to go say I need some fantasy points, I think Evan Hull's the guy because I just think he can, you know, he could get five, six, seven, eight carries plus three, four, five catches a game and get you sure. where he's at least scoring you eight to 12 points and maybe he gets you a touchdown. So I agree with you there on Evan Hull. Um, I had a couple drafts that were coming down to the wire uh, here in the last week, and I was just like, I'm taking it. If it was even even if it's a redraft league, I was taking him as a late pick. Going, you know what? I'm a little shy on running backs. He's a guy I'm going to grab with my last pick or close to my last picks so like that. 
So, guys, we won't get into and talk a lot about, but to keep in the back of your mind, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, still both out there, probably the two biggest names out there. With all the cuts happening, it's going to be interesting. We might throw in as we get through this list. We'll talk about, hey, maybe we could see one of those guys going there. But let's kind of jump into the other running backs. Uh, we kind of we're going to go in position here, guys. Since we already started with the running backs with JT, we're going to jump in there. The Ravens backfield. We'll start with that. Everybody's kind of figuring out who's going to stay, who's going to go. They cut Melvin Gordon. So if you're on a Ke- uh, Keontae Mitchell, who really Keaton. showed out before the injury, he's the guy that you're really happy about because he made the final four. And and only in front of him is Dobbins, Edwards, and Justice Hill. And we've seen Justice Hill has had a million opportunities and hasn't really proven himself. Gus Edwards has had some injuries. So if you're a Mitchell guy, are you just super pumped about this, seeing Gordon gone and him making it as the fourth running back? Again, yes. In Dynasty, when you get into the dart throw rounds in your startup or if you're like looking in late in the rookie drafts that are still going on, I just had one last night. Uh, if you're looking to handcuff Dobbins in Dynasty, absolutely Keaton Mitchell could – could definitely fill that role. He he had a, a he's another guy with a really nice athletic profile uh, coming out of college. The problem that you have is that you have teams that are only carrying three or four. So when you have an influx of ten running backs that really could do a job, some kind of job in the NFL, they kind of don't become fantasy relevant. But if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm I'm loving that Keaton Mitchell's on that roster. Kind of kind of the same as Zamir White in in Las Vegas. You know what he can do. He just doesn't have an opportunity to do it yet. So uh, get Keaton in your dart throw rounds, stash him on your bench, put him in your taxi squad, and just wait for the rest of the Ravens running back room to fall apart like they normally do. And uh, and you should you could have, have a gem there. Absolutely. I love it. Another guy, interesting fourth round pick, Trey Sermon. The Niners cut him. He ended up on the Eagles. He actually looked fairly decent in preseason, had some nice carries, looked okay. But that, that again, like you said, that running back room is stacked. They got a ton of players now with Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, uh, DeAndre Swift. I mean, they're loaded at running back there. He got cut. He's a guy that if I have on a taxi or in a deep league, I'm holding him right now because I, I could see someone else coming up and picking him up. I'm just not ready to completely give up on him yet. What do you think about Trey Sermon? I'm I'm the opposite. He is toast in my mind, and uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't throw a dart at him. You're he's coming from a situation where you had Kenneth Gainwell last year, who every time I saw him come into a game, I'm like, why is he not the the bell cow in this offense? And he he yes, he's a little bit small, but he has every single skill that you want. And they kept running to Sanders and then they kept giving the ball to Boston Scott and they kept four running backs in that room. And Kenneth Gainwell to me was the, the superior running back that the Eagles had. So this organization constantly screws with running backs. And if they don't think that Trey Sermon can cut it, I don't, I don't think anybody should think that either. I, I like that as an interesting take for sure. I'm holding them a, a few from situations, grace. but but I'm like right there again. I'm only if I've got room, am I doing it? If not, I'm 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 done with them as well. Uh, a guy that was a kind of a a 
you know, preseason darling, Daenerys Prince from Kansas City. Everybody was talking about him. Everybody mm. thought, hey, is this guy going to be the new Pacheco? Is he going to get some shots? They cut him today. Be interesting to see if they try to bring him back on the tag, on the practice squad or if somebody else goes out there and grabs him. What do you think about Prince? I have a feeling that somebody's going to grab him on waivers. He was one of the top two or three UDFA running back contracts the Chiefs gave him. That's guaranteed money. So he come into a situation like that and you see this guy with his athletic profile. He had the best athletic score of any running back in the combine. He's six foot two, something 245 pounds. And he runs a four, four. Like this guy is an absolute monster. He just so happened to work his career in Tulsa. And so he, he kind of was under the radar. You, you can't argue the fact that seven, rounds of NFL draft happened without him getting taken, but he was given a, a premium contract as a UDFA. I love Daenerys Prince. I love all of the, the camp hype that started coming out about how he was catching the ball. I don't know if it's something where he wasn't really picking up pass blocking very well. Um, and I, maybe the chiefs are thinking that they can squeak him through right waivers just because he did go undrafted. But I have a feeling that, uh, I'm not the only one who's in on him and some NFL team like the Lions or the Patriots are going to swoop him up in the in the waivers tomorrow. I think noon is the deadline. So we'll we'll find out all those cool stories. But I had like seven shares of this guy, like pretty close to 33 percent of my managed leagues. <laughs> I, I was taking him with my last round or last two round picks him and Sean Tucker. I was like grabbing them everywhere. And broke my heart when I saw that he was he was waived. I was just devastated about the Narek Prince. He was my guy this year. We'll jump in here. Sean Tucker, my guy. Love Sean Tucker. He was one of my highest rate, uh, rated backs coming out until the heart stuff and everything happened with the pro day and the NFL draft, and he went undrafted. I still love him. I still think yeah. he might be more talented than Rashad White technically as a running back. I was pumped to see that he's getting time. He made the roster. It sounds like he was nowhere near getting cut, which I love to hear there for the Bucs. So he's a guy, if you're in leagues right now, when you're just drafting rookie drafts or you're a league that's a little bit deeper looking to get some guys, I love Sean Tucker. I think he could easily end up taking over the number two role there. And I could see where there's a chance that White turns into a little more of that third down back that everybody thought he was going to be uh, coming out right. of college. And Tucker takes maybe some of those more first, second downs. So I love Sean Tucker. He made the team easy, which, you know, after going undrafted, that, that was a little bit of a scare. But I'm glad to see he made it through easy. I like him a ton. Yeah, he uh, he. most people had him with a, a third round great on him coming out of mm -hmm. Syracuse. I took him and Prince with my last two picks in the Scott Fishbowl. So I'm <laughs> high on both of those guys and, and glad that, that Tucker got his opportunity because apparently his, his heart problem isn't, isn't that big a deal. Yeah. I'm, I, I think he is just a great stash. I think he's going to end up having a good career. I'm grabbing him everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. Um, you brought up the cheat or sorry. You brought up the lions with Prince. He's a guy I like where your head's at on him maybe going there. They cut Benny Snell and Muhammad Ibrahim, the rookie out of Minnesota that people are talking about. They kind of liked him in camp, uh, thought he right. was playing well. Benny Snell, the ex-Steelers running back, both those guys cut today. That's a team that looks like with uh, Jameer Gibbs and Mate uh, Montgomery, excuse me, 
I always call him Monte Montgomery, David Montgomery. Those are two guys that could end up, you know, they're going to be the main guys, but I could see them bringing in a third back. Right. That's, it was a surprising, the number of teams that cut down to a minimal level of position players, you have to think that they're looking to pick up waivers. You have to think that they're looking to, you know, maybe they've been in, in discussions with uh, Kareem Hunt, like we were talking about before. They have to have a plan because you can't go in, you can't play a full season with just Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. They have to have something on the burner that they're thinking. Um, so you have a high, high profile cut like Daneric Prince or a, a free agent running back who's left over like Leonard Fournette. Those guys would fit perfectly. And you, you have to think that they're doing something like that. Uh, Snoop Connor cut by the Jags day, a guy I don't have a mm. lot of, but he was a big kind of deep sleeper last year. He was cut Patriots, uh, a team that people are really talking about. We always talk about the running back room and in, in new England, you know, they using everybody you can never count on anyone. Uh, Ramador Stevenson get a ton of hype coming this year. They just signed Ezekiel Elliott. So, you know, already people are worried now, a little Zeke. Then they made a couple moves today. They cut Kevin Harris and Ty Montgomery. And in the last right. couple of days, they traded Pierre Strong to the Browns. So they already got Zeke. What are they doing over here? You got to think they're bringing in somebody else again as well. Exactly. That's another one of the teams that I was thinking of. They only have two running backs in that room. So what's on Belichick's mind? What is he, what is he cooking? Um, I don't think he he wants another fifth or sixth year, you know, late twenties guy like like Hunt or Fournette. So maybe he's looking to grab somebody that can just be a body in the in the running back room, off waivers, and um, we'll we'll see tomorrow morning. Yeah, for those still doing rookie drafts uh, and even uh, rather drafts taking people late, the Titans put Hassan Haskins on the uh, commissioner exempt list. He's a little banged up, but he also has some off-the-field issues. So he's on the list. That wide opened the door now for Tajay Spears, the rookie out of Tulane. Uh, I saw him getting grabbed late, late in a bunch of redraft and keeper leagues uh, in the last two weeks in drafts I had where people kind of looked down. They're like, man, who's out there this good handcuff? And people were just like, oh, yeah. Tajay Spears, I should, and you know, I'm like, oh, I should have been on him two rounds ago. What was I thinking? But I think Tajay Spears, one of those guys, if Derrick Henry gets banged up, they're going to run the ball. I think Tajay Spears has looked really good. Um, I wasn't high on him early on coming out in the draft process, but he's changed my mind. He's a guy I want to get if I don't have, and if I got Derrick Henry, I want him bad. I, I want that handcuff. Yeah, I, I definitely missed on Spears. Uh, I understand his talent. I know how good he is. It's just the injury reports came out and he doesn't have a meniscus in his knee. He's had knee problems for the last four years in college. <clears throat> and that wasn't with my, my draft picks and my rookie drafts. That's not a, a chance that I was willing to take. Although I do understand Henry's age, but I mean, he's, he's resetting the curve as far as running back ability at, at his advanced age. I don't think he's going to slow down at all this year unless he starts getting dinged up, misses a couple games. I don't see a catastrophic injury in his future. Um, so going into this season, I was looking for uh, the Texans didn't draft anybody. There, there were a couple of, of teams that didn't replace or, or didn't draft somebody uh, in, in hopes of replacing the back that they already had. I was looking for the Titans to do the same because they had Hassan Haskins and 
Julius Chestnut already. Uh, I thought both of those guys were capable of, of filling in the gaps if something ever happened to Henry, but obviously they saw an opportunity with Spears. Um, they are the Titans. I am me. So they, they know more than I do. And, uh, and I, I whiffed on that one completely <laughs> everywhere that I can try and get them now. I'm, I am, um, as a handcuff to Henry, he's, I mean, he looks so explosive in, uh, in the preseason. And that's one of the things I don't really take much preseason stuff to heart, especially statistics. But when you watch a guy who is playing against second and third teamers, look at how explosive they are. Look at how foolish they make the, uh, the, the backups look. Yes. You can put together a, you know, a nice game against second and third teamers, but are you really making them look like you're playing amongst children and Ty J Spears made everybody that he was playing against look like he was just in a, in a whole another league. So as far as film study goes, Spears has it and, uh, and he should be pretty good. Yeah. Like I missed out on Spears as well. I was not high on him coming out because of the injuries like you and I miss that on him everywhere. Uh, uh, interesting backfield all off season has been the Minnesota Vikings. They, they move on from Dalvin cook. Alexander Madison's never been the workhorse or saying, hey, he's going to get a shot to do it. They draft Dwayne McBride, a guy really successful in college, running the ball out of UAB. Guy, I no catching profile whatsoever. So people are like, yeah, what can he do, what he can't do? He's a guy I thought might actually push uh, Madison there a little bit. Nope, he's out. Already cut. Did not look good in a couple of preseason games he played. Ty Chandler, who I wasn't super high on, I just kind of felt like he was more of a special teams guy. He actually looked pretty impressive in the couple of games they gave mm-hmm. him time. So he looks like he's possible the RB2. Uh, they had brought an uh, Abram Smith, the XFL star, a uh, guy who led the league in rushing, looked really good in the XFL. You thought maybe he'd get a shot. He was cut today as well with McBride. So that's another landing spot. Do you see a Kareem Hunt or a Leonard Fournette maybe end up in, in Minnesota? I don't think so. I think with Kenny Nwongwu, Nwongwu uh, who's primarily a kick returner at this point, but he does have size. He is younger than Chandler. Uh, I've always been surprised that he hasn't taken the job away from Chandler. I am not high on Madison at all. Uh, I went on uh, another show and he was my bust. Uh, I don't, he, he hasn't ever been good. He was just waiting for an, a volume opportunity behind Dalvin cook. He finally got it. So, but he's not an efficient running back. I like Tyson Chandler. He had a good draft profile coming into the league. What surprised me was Abram Smith because Abram Smith's draft profile was very, very nice. And then he went undrafted and decided not to sign with anybody and or maybe he's, he signed with somebody and then left, got cut. Uh, but he didn't play any games last year with anybody. And he went to the XFL and showed that he does have some skill. So I, I was kind of kind of surprised. I think if they needed to have somebody, he probably would have stuck. Um, but I think they're they're pretty much set at this point in their eyes with Madison and Wangwu and Chandler. And I'm, I'm in a slow draft. Right as I'm writing my piece about Justin Ross today, uh, I see it come across that Dwayne McBride has been waived. And then I look down and the guy in my slow draft took McBride. Tyson Chandler was first in my queue and I was three picks away. And I just, I just prayed and prayed and prayed. And he fell to me and I got him and got a whole lot of heat in, in the chat because 
so many guys were waiting on that pick and I, they just, he didn't fall farther than me, luckily. So I, I like Ty Chandler a lot. It's nice when it falls that way for you. That's for sure. Yeah. It always sucks when you're the guy that takes, I, you know, I, I had a lot of leagues where I was the guy that took Andrew Luck right before he retired. So oh. I, I've been on the other side of that thing. So I know how it goes. So I'm glad you got Ty Chandler there. That's awesome. Uh, a couple other disappointments, a guy that I've always really liked. I just want to see him get a shot. He's going to have to try to go somewhere else. Tyler ba- uh, Beatty from Missouri. Mm-hmm. I loved him coming out at SEC, loved the SEC and rushing on not a great Mizzou team. I just thought, man, this guy has got skill. He's tough. He's going to eventually make it somewhere, at least as an RB2 in the league. Started with the Ravens, cut by them. He came in the camp as an RB3 for the Broncos. I thought, hey, this might be a shot with Javante Williams with the injury. Signed Samjay Perrine. I was like, maybe they'll hold on to him. He was cut today, so uh, interesting to see what happens with him. I've got a few shares I'm just holding on to tightly to uh, to see if something happens with him in deep leagues. Uh, but he was cut by the Broncos today. Uh, another name that kind of floating around the last uh, year or so was Malik Davis for the Cowboys as a possible backup. They cut him today. Uh, one of the bigger names, somebody that everybody liked him, was a darling in the playoffs last year, Zavin Knight for the Jets. So he was a big pickup late in the season for people uh, when they had injury problems at running back. He actually got uh, a cut. It'd be interesting to see if he's a guy that on waivers a bunch of people are looking for or not, uh, as I think he showed a little bit of skill, you know, last year. Uh, and that's just such a deep room after adding uh, Dalvin Cook to Brees Hall to Michael Carter. I think they just ran out of roster spots. Absolutely. And and Brees Hall is, I think, a little bit more ready than than P- his his thighs are the same size now. He's cutting and stuff. I, I think he's a lot more ready than people uh, who are fading him want to believe Uh I, I think I think Brees is ready, but yeah, Zonovan Knight had he was a great pickup last year off waivers and helped a lot of teams. And if he can do that again this year with another with a different NFL team than the Jets, then I, I think he's definitely worth um, keeping an eye on, seeing if anybody gets gets him picked up, and then adding stashing him on your roster. Malik Davis was a heartbreaker. I yeah. I was. I picked him up last year thinking I was, you know, ahead of the curve. And apparently Rico Dowdle, <laughs> he, he, uh, he and he induced, they, they convinced Jerry that, uh, you know, Malik was expendable. So that's pretty much the major running back news uh, from the weekend, or excuse me, from cut day today. Uh, let's jump into QBs. Not a huge, uh, a lot of surprises outside of the New England Patriots. The Patriots was the one that seemed to shock everybody. As Bailey Zappi, uh, a guy that I've got a ton of Bailey Zappi. I thought he was going to push Matt Jones for that starting job. I thought it was just a matter of time before he got another shot. So I was stashing him everywhere. And then everybody's favorite rookie out of Louisville, Malik Cunningham, who looked pretty good in some preseason games. He was also cut. And at this point, they're sitting with Mac Jones as the only QB on the roster. Very interesting move by the Patriots here. It's crazy. So they, they have to be thinking something. Again, Bill Belichick is, you know, he's he's making moves behind the scenes. I, I picked up Zappy last year um, in a two-quarterback league when – Mac Jones was hurt and Zappy outplayed Mac Jones. And so immediately in my head, Bailey Zappy was better than Mac Jones, just 
didn't have the draft capital. He was waiting for his opportunity. And then they released him, which came as a total surprise to me. And then this year, Malik Cunningham was the running darling of the, the New England Patriots preseason. And now he's gone. So maybe they think that somebody's going to sneak to the practice squad because there's so many quarterbacks that are out there already and nobody's looking for one. But both of those guys are extremely talented. And if I'm an NFL GM outside of the Patriots, especially somebody with a high waiver pick, you know, I would much rather have Bailey Zappi or Malik Cunningham in my room than, you know, uh, Colt McCoy, who eventually got cut, uh, you know, Josh Dobbs, those guys that have, have kicked around for a while that just don't have it, but their their bodies in the room. I'd much rather bank on somebody like Zappi and, and pick them up off waivers. So really puzzling what Bill's Bill's thinking this year. And maybe Bill O'Brien has something to do with it, too. Maybe somebody's not picking up his offense the way that he wants. They didn't really have an offense last year. Um, so maybe Zappi just couldn't cut it. I don't, I don't know what's happening. But uh, those are, uh, again, two more guys that are extremely talented to keep an eye on and see what happens if, if they get picked up. Speaking of the Cardinals and Josh Dobbs, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm like, I could have got Bailey Zappi in a trade instead of Josh Dobbs when they cut. I would, right. I mean, I would, if I'm the Cardinals, I would have been all over trading for, for the exact same trade that they made and getting Bailey Zappi instead of Josh Dobbs. I mean, that blows my mind. Uh, we saw Colt McCoy just got cut, was a big cut last week. Um, Josh Dobbs was in a trade, so they picked him up. A guy who's been in the league forever, former Steelers player. A guy I like personally, but I just don't understand why they made that move to trade for him unless they think he can help coach a guy up. I just don't understand why you would trade and start him. Uh, it's very confusing to me. My guy has been my guy. I tweeted out the night of the draft when they took Clayton Toon. Mm -hmm. I said, this is QB one for Arizona this year with a Kyler Murray entry. I'm like, mark it down. He's going to start. And people thought I was crazy. I was like, I love Clayton Toon. And again, I think this team's going to be bad. I don't think it's good for him personally. But I, if I'm them, I want to see if he's got anything. I want, I'd rather he be does. a guy at like Clayton Tune out there. Let him play and see what you got out of him instead of taking a 10, 12-year veteran like Josh Dobbs or Colt McCoy. You know who they are. I right. mean, they can it, maybe win you a game here or there and play okay, but like, there's just no point not to play Clayton Tune. And I'm hoping the Colt McCoy cut and the trade for Josh Dobbs is just that. We want Josh Dobbs to kind of mentor Clayton Tune. We want him to talk to him. We want to be there in the room and have a backup. And we want to get rid of Colt McCoy because we want it not to be a question between him and Tune. We want it to be Tune's job until Kyle, uh, until Kyle Murray can get back. Sure. And maybe in the meantime, they do something along the lines of what Atlanta did last year, where they started Mariota, but they always knew that they were going to bring Ritter in at some point. So maybe they're they're doing that with Toon. And the other thing is that it, it is a new regime in Arizona, and a lot of people don't know that Clayton Toon actually has rushing upside as a fantasy quarterback. He did rush in college and and had, you know, quite a quite good success, and he's pretty fast. So if you have an offense that's, that's designed around uh, Kyler Murray, you can get into it seamlessly. I mean, Josh Dobbs is probably a little bit more athletic than Colt McCoy, and I can understand that. But you can get into that offense with Clayton Toon more mirroring what 
Kyler is able to do as far as working off platform and, and creating out of nothing and things like that. Cause that's really what Kyler is the best at is once, when he gets pressured and he runs out of the pocket and he starts creating plays, that's when he really cooks. And I can see tune having, having that one other guy with similar draft capital is Aiden O'Connell from Las Vegas. And both of those are kind of like put into the same bucket, but O'Connell doesn't have the rushing upside that tune does. So if I'm looking for somebody to kind of like stash deep, I'm putting tune on that roster. The other thing is that with that regime, Kyler's not their guy. Kyler was Cliff's guy. So they are really not obligated to hold him after this year. So maybe they go in and they're tanking for Caleb. They're trying to get Drake May, whatever. Tune is going to be at least a good backup behind that that new quarterback that they have last year. I, I definitely see Kyler moving on. But, you know, I'd, I'll take a chance on him late like I did earlier today. And, uh, you know, he was my fourth quarterback. But, you know, we'll see what happens when he gets back because he's still got talent. Uh, it's just not a great situation at this point for him. Yeah, uh, talking about O'Connell, uh, not a guy that got cut, a guy that made a roster for the Raiders. Um, definitely, if you got Jimmy G and you're in a super flex or a two QB league and you need just a little bit of a – you know, backup help just in case. O'Connell might be a good guy to pick up. He looks really good. I saw him play a bunch at Purdue, again, being in, in Big Ten country. I was more impressed with him as a junior than I was as a senior, but he's yeah. actually looked really good. He's reminded me in the preseason of the guy that junior year, everybody was talking about, like, this guy can push for, you know, Big Ten first-team all quarterback with C.J. Stroud. So he's looked right. pretty good, and um, they seem to like him a lot. Uh, Brian Hoyer's in that room, but, you know, we know who that is. He's there for experience to talk guys through. I mean, if they get into a crunch, they're going O'Connell. They're not going Hoyer. Uh, so, yeah, right. he's a guy that I wasn't taking a bunch of, but him and Toon are the two guys that I want to stash. If I'm in a rookie draft or any kind of two QB league where I need to get some QBs in my taxi squad or someone I might need a desperation start out of, those are guys I'm looking to add. Yeah, and and O'Connell had a similar situation to Sam Howell in that he had a really, really good junior year. And then he lost David Bell. He lost some pieces. And suddenly, you know, things weren't quite as great, which allowed him to slip in the draft but everybody still had a higher higher round grade on him than he actually wound up going with the Raiders. So um, I didn't bring him up as as a topic. I was more trying to contrast him with Tune. But yeah, I I love Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> He's he is my guy number two. I would not be upset if they started him over Garoppolo, kind of like starting Tune over mm-hmm. over Dobbs. Uh, I I always like when you want to see what a young guy can look like instead of just rehashing the same old stuff like how last year in Washington, why go through all that process with Heineke and Wentz when you have Sam Howell right there, put him out there, see what you can do. Look what, what Kenny Pickett did. He, he took over for Trubisky. They should allow the quarterbacks to do that. So uh, yeah, I I'm kind of high on, on both those probably higher on both of those guys than I should be. I, I agree that I'm probably the same. I, I love Tune, and I'm jumping on the kind of bandwagon pretty quickly. A uh, couple other things to note here on QBs. Uh, Will Greer, even though he played well for the Cowboys during the preseason, he's been cut after they made the trade for uh, Lance Young. They still have got Cooper Rush, so he's out there in uh, Dallas. 
Buffalo Bills, uh, they put Matt Barkley on IR, which means that Kyle Allen is officially Josh Allen's backup. If I have Josh Allen in a 2QB or a Superflex league, I'm jumping on Kyle Allen. If he's out there on my waiver wire, I want him. It's good offense. Kyle Allen is, is a playable guy if you get into bye weeks and get in trouble. So Kyle Allen's a guy I would, I would definitely look at picking up. The Bears, I'm in Bear Country as well here, uh, just south of Chicago. Very interesting moves today. They cut PJ Walker and Nathan Nathan Peterman. PJ Walker, they gave a bunch of guaranteed money to uh, uh, in signing in this offseason. It was kind of a strange deal. You figured, okay, well, he's obviously going to be the, the backup for Justin Fields. They cut both those guys. My guy that I really like coming in as a sleeper, Tyson Bajan, the D2 player of the year at Shepard, has the NCAA record for touchdowns, 159 over all divisions. He won the Harlan Hill Player of the Year Award, which is basically the D2 Heisman. Uh, the guy has some major skills, and we saw it in the last couple of pre- uh, preseason games. He can run. He can throw. He threw for like 5,000 yards. I mean, the guy's got some skill. We don't usually see it. I was hoping they would hold him as a practice squad guy, and I am pumped that that the Bears held on to him. I stashed him in some deep, deep, like 14, 16-team leagues where I didn't have a lot of rookie draft picks, and I took him late. Uh, He's a guy you're not going to see a lot of fantasy value out right now, but he's an interesting pickup late if you got room to stash him. Yeah, and what's interesting about the the smaller divisions, the D two, the one AA, the F, FBS, uh, a lot of the guys that that are there are there because of grade issues. They're there because uh, maybe they weren't big enough when they were in high school and uh, weren't really recruited. They found a program and wanted to stay loyal to it. So you have some gems that are there. That's I mean, Trey Lance came out of North Dakota State. Carson Wentz came out of North Dakota State, uh, my hometown school, UC Davis. We have a long history of putting quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, JT O'Sullivan, Ken O'Brien, Kevin Daft, Mike Morosk, all these guys came from Division II schools. There is a lot of talent out there. So there's no reason to think that just because some guy's from a smaller school, a, a lesser division, that he can't come in and immediately compete because they're out there. They just may not get, get the look. So Badgett is another guy that, You've got to keep an eye on him. You keep track, and uh, as soon as you get an opportunity, somebody in your roster goes down, somebody gets elevated to your taxi squad, grab him on waivers and, and stick him in there and and hope that, you know, his career comes to fruition because that kid, can he can sling it and he can run, and he's he's just, like, bursting with talent. He's pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. I actually saw looked up a couple things about him. He had he was looking at West Virginia. He looked at a couple places to transfer. Decided to go back to school uh, there at Shepherd, stay in school instead of go D one. And you know, one player of the year again, just put up unreal stats. So he's definitely a guy that's got uh, talent. Uh, other kind of random cuts. Bengals cut Trevor Simeon. People kind of thinking with the. Uh, Joe Burrow injury news, maybe he would be a guy, but they cut him. And then national championship game player Max Dugan for TCU, drafted by uh, the Chargers had him. They cut him today. It looks like they're going to keep Easton Stick as uh, as their number two QB. So I know some people were on Dugan as a, as a possible sleeper. We'll see if he gets picked up by someone else, but he got cut uh, today by the Chargers as well. Yeah, Dugan Let's, reminded me – Dugan reminded me a lot of kind of a, a Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow type, super fun to watch in college, uh, plays with 
all of his heart out there, uh, 120% effort guy, but not necessarily the physical talent to, to stick. You look at his national championship counterpart, Stetson Bennett. He chose to stay in, uh, in Georgia for, what, eight senior years. He comes out and people, you know, kind of faded him because, oh, his age. But you look what he did in the preseason and totally won Sean McVay's heart. Uh, and he's sticking in L.A. So uh, Dugan, I, I wasn't I, I didn't really pay much attention to him, except for every time I'd see him in, in an ADP list go, oh, yeah, Max Dugan. <laughs> he was the guy that, that played for TCU. So other than that, uh, it's really Easton Stick as the QB2 that kind of made me raise my eyebrows a little bit because what happens to Justin? What if something happens to Justin Herbert? That's quite an offense to step into. You have four legit wide receiver options. You have Austin Eckler. Josh Kelly's not a slouch. Uh, the defense should be a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. And Kellen, Kellen Moore knows what to do with backup quarterbacks. Obviously, if he can win with Cooper Rush, he can win with Easton Stick. So that's another guy. If you're, We're talking deep, deep leagues here, especially Superflex and two quarterbacks. If you're in Dynasty and you have a 40-round draft, there's no reason not to take a flyer and, and throw out something on Easton Stick just to handcuff him to Justin Herbert in that situation there. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I got to shout out my boy Chase Daniel, uh, Missouri all-time great QB. He was with the Chargers the last couple of years. I had him stacked behind Justin Herbert in any league I had Herbert because I was like, hey, if he gets in there, he the guy knows how to play. He can get you some stats. He'll he'll he's in a solid offense. And now with him, uh, not technically retired yet, but not on a roster. Um, Easton Stick taking over that QB2 role. So he's a guy that's moved up in my mind uh, now that he's moved up to that number two uh, two role for them. So, like that. so let's jump in here to wide receivers. Kansas City, not a cut, but Justin Ross makes the 53-man roster. Everybody's darling out of Clemson. Had a huge freshman year. Everybody, Debbie, was all over him. Loved him. His guys had all kinds of injury problems. And people are just waiting for him to pop. And, of course, you get him on the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. And that just, you know, that mess of what's the Chiefs wide receiver room look like. People were talking up Justin Ross today. Everybody was all about him. I know you brought him up earlier. Yeah, they've got seven wide receivers in that room. Uh, I, I wrote about Justin Ross on player profiler today. What a great story comes in as a freshman receives a thousand yards, nine touchdowns averages 21.7 yards per reception in a wide receiver room with T Higgins and Hunter Renfro. And he's competing for, for touches with Travis Etienne. He, totally showed out and and had the freshman breakout that everybody dreams of 64 205 the guy's a prototype like red zone target he's a deep threat he's i mean there's nothing not to love about the guy and then they find out he's got two fused vertebrae he has to have surgery for that he comes back from that and then he breaks his foot he spends all year last year as an undrafted free agent rehabbing and the chiefs got to watch him up close they kept him in their in their facilities he did his rehab. He did everything that he was supposed to do. And what happens? He comes out and he shows everybody in preseason this year that he is the guy that we all thought he was in 2018 when he helped Clemson win a national championship as a freshman. So I love Justin Ross. I've taken him everywhere that I can. 
just with the hopes that he would make the the roster. Justin Watson also made the made the fifty three man, and they didn't cut. <laughs> I mean, they made a couple cuts because they had a lot of guys in camp, but they kept seven wide receivers, which is absolutely nuts. But I love the Justin Ross story. I I'm a Raiders fan. The Chiefs make me feel very bad, but Dustin Ross and Daenerys Prince are two guys that I really, really got behind this year. And, uh, and I, I just love to see, it. I want him to, to have a great career. He's, he's a good kid and, and just easy to root for. Uh, another uh, former SMU uh, standout James Prochet got cut by the Ravens. He's a guy I kind of was stashing the last couple of years thinking he might get a shot and break out. They've kind of called it quits with him and kind of moved on from there. Uh, Robbie Anderson now chosen uh, as changed mm-hmm. his name. Uh, the former uh, Panthers. Great. He was cut by the Dolphins today. That really opens the door for Braxton Barrios and Cedric Wilson to fight it out for the three and four. What do you think about those guys? I've been grabbing Braxton Barrios for about two to three weeks on waiver wires lately, especially leagues that give you points for uh, punt and kick returns. I think the guy can get some special team points, and I think he has a shot to possibly be that number three wide receiver there. So he, he's a deep stash for me in leagues. Yeah, and if you play in a league that, that gives points for – for special teams for punt, punt returns and kick returns, which I know there are some advocates for leagues like that on Twitter. Uh, Braxton Berrios is one of those guys that I look at and I think he's much better in the NFL than he is in fantasy. Um, he's, he's one of those guys where every time you watch a game of the team that he's playing in, you hear his name, but it's only a couple of times a game. It might be two or three receptions, but every one of them is really, really important. So mm-hmm. as, if you have that uh, special teams upside in your league, absolutely Braxton Berrios is, is somebody to, to roster. Um, I wouldn't probably look for him to have a huge role, uh, but he's definitely, he's, he's definitely talented. He just, he, I guess the Jets, uh, when he was with the Jets, and the Jaguars, they're, they're picking their spots with him because he, like, he'll surprise you. He'll come out in a four receiver set and just all of a sudden, like, there's the first down that you needed, that kind of thing. So um, I, I like Barrios a lot. Uh, the other guy was uh, uh, Cedric Wilson, who Cedric uh, Wilson. The, the Cowboys. They, they restructured yeah. his deal, but he looks like he's going to be on the roster. He's going to have a shot to also either be that number three wide receiver, kind of him and Barrios kind of fighting it out. And Wilson has always been a guy that you you just knew with the right opportunity, like Gallup going down or something like that in Dallas, he could do something more than than what he's been allowed to do. Uh, but I I think he fits perfectly in that role as you know third fourth fifth wide receiver on a team, um, not necessarily unless you're in a, a huge huge deep league, not somebody that I would I would target. But if something happens to Calvin Ridley or if something happens uh, to uh, Zay Jones, look for one of those guys to kind of step in and and be good enough to fill in some points for you if you're if you're missing somebody. A uh, couple undrafted free agents that made the rosters that people kind of were jumping on a little hype on Twitter uh, was Jason Brownlee made the Jets roster and also Mitchell yeah. Tensley, uh, former Penn State guy, made made the Washington Commanders roster. So those are two. Uh, Two guys are, you know, they're kind of down the list, but again, two guys that you could throw in your taxi squad, wait them out, and see if they can uh, eventually make their way into uh, 
you know, a little bit more playing time down the road. Yeah, commanders like their Penn State wide receivers. And that Brownlee I took in a deep league. Uh, I, I did a campus to Canton draft, and in the NFL portion of it, uh, round about the 28th, 29th round out of 33, I was like, ah, I'm taking Brownlee. I'm, I'm getting that guy. He had a good camp. Uh, Colts made a couple cuts. Michael Strachan is going to be back and forth on their taxi practice squad back in play. He was cut again. Uh, they might bring him back on the practice squad. Rashad Perryman, James Washington, two older guys that have had a lot of chances that they look like they're pretty much done as far as the fantasy space is concerned as they just keep going team to team to team. So those guys gone. If you were still holding out hope for Denzel Mims after the Jets traded him to the Lions, that was, uh, you know, washed today as he was cut by the Lions. I, I'm not a Denzel Mims guy. I wasn't coming out. I know some people still holding on to some shares, hoping he one day makes it. But uh, but he was cut today. And then my guy, Brian Edwards, former South Carolina standout. I just I love this guy. I love his profile. I love his size. Obviously, he just doesn't get it because now he. He's just bounce around, around again. And I thought him being on the Saints, being with Derek Carr, where his best season was with the Raiders. He had yeah. that one really good year where he actually had some really highlight plays that got called back for penalties. I thought he had a chance to break out. When he went to, to Atlanta, I was like, ooh, he can be Atlanta's number two. I love it. Then he got cut. Didn't he? I was like, this is amazing. I can't believe this. And then he went to the Chiefs. I was like, oh, oh, Chiefs, here we go. Here's a chance. Nope. And then ended up on the Saints. And I, to me, this was the chance for him with that wide receiver core that he might be able to slide in as 3-4 and then push his way up if Michael Thomas got hurt again or some things like that. And he got cut by the Saints today, just absolutely crushing me. And now I'm having yeah. to go through every one of my lineups and drop them, even though I don't want to. It's final rush of cuts coming for me as well. And it's just like, I don't know if I can hold him any longer. The guy's still only 23 years old, super yeah. young. But at this point, being through six, seven teams i just don't know if that he's ever gonna get it i think i might have to finally cut me i want to say this would be his fourth year uh i was all hyped for him to have a second year breakout and then we traded him to the uh to the falcons i want to say for a third rounder but don't hold me to that and then he didn't do anything with the falcons but i mean unless you're drake london or kyle pitts not a lot of people are going to do much with the falcons and then he goes to the saints and just like you said He's reunited with Derek Carr. I, he had some incredible catches. He's good in against zone coverage, but you have to be somebody that can beat press man. You have to be somebody that can get yourself open, create for yourself. And I don't know if he was able to, to find that level in the NFL. But as far as like finding himself in a zone on a third down and 15, where he's going to be able to make like a diving catch and, and get your, your yards for you, that's what he did really, really well. He and he and Zay Jones on that Raiders team had some spectacular game-saving catches that allowed Derek Carr to, you know, stack up his game-winning drives that you know he's he's known in some circles for uh, when people are being honest with themselves. Um, but yeah, I I was I had hopes for him too. Uh, maybe something did, maybe something went wrong with the Michael Thomas comeback. And then you're looking at Rashi, uh, looking at uh, Rashid Shahid and Brian Edwards, and he, you know, Carr could throw to Juwan Johnson and Alvin Kamara, and 
they were putting something together there. Obviously, nobody's overtaking Olave, but uh, he he could he could have been something. And uh, it's it was sad to see him go. But you know, hey, maybe the Raiders Raiders cut Keelan Cole today. Maybe that maybe they're looking at Brian Edwards, bring him back into the room. I'd love to see him get on a chance. The one uh, deep uh, sleeper, a lot of people kind of started uh, picking up a little momentum in the preseason was A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest for the Saints. He's a guy I like a lot. I wrote an article about him pre-draft coming out of Wake Forest for uh, DLF. Uh, I just really think he is a a pure X receiver that can play on the outside. I like him on that Saints team. He made the – final roster now does that mean he's going to be fantasy relevant this year i have no idea but he's a guy I definitely like a guy I was targeting mid to late rounds in rookie drafts and a guy i'm stashing on taxi squads everywhere because i just think he's got some ability he's a guy that produced three straight years in college um so he's uh, a guy i kind of keep an eye out on so Jumping on the final here, we're going to jump tight ends. Uh, The big tight end news of the day was the Denver Broncos said they were going to cut Albert Agawanu, my guy Albert O from Missouri. I love this guy. Pure talent, great size, just never has been able to to make it with the Broncos. They were going to cut him, and then the last second came out that they traded him to the Philadelphia Eagles along with a seventh-round pick in 2025 for a sixth-rounder. Uh, in 2025, he joins the Eagles. I love him on that offense. Obviously, that team is loaded, that offensive loaded, Dallas Goddard. But, man, Albert O, he is not a blocker. He is just not a blocker. But, again, now you get him on a team where maybe he can play and be that second uh, guy. Uh, I love Albert O. Fantasy-wise, I don't know if he's going to be relevant much, if at all. Uh, but I do like him in that group. I hope he actually is successful if for some reason uh, Dallas Goddard goes up down again like he did last year, I think there's a chance that Albert O maybe becomes relevant, especially in some start two tight end or big tight end premium leagues where he was a touchdown machine in college at Mizzou. So Albert O is a guy that I still am not giving up on. I wanted yeah. to see his change of scenery last year. I was hoping the Broncos would move him. I like the idea. Again, a lot of mouths to feed in Philly, but injuries can happen. And there's a good chance with this kind of offense, I think he could fit in. Yeah, and who's his competition behind Dallas Goddard? Jake Stoll, uh, Calcaterra. So, yeah, two years ago, everybody was, oh, once Noah Fant left Denver, uh, everybody was totally in on Albert O. Uh, I, he's another guy that I, I wrote about on Player Profiler today. What was funny is I wrote my – piece about him and then i went and i was writing my piece about justin ross and in the middle he went from being waived like i had written waiting to be published and then i wrote justin ross and came back and all of a sudden he's been traded and i had to go in and edit everything out and and totally flip flip the article to him being traded i i had my shares of albert o last year i was thinking oh this kid with russell wilson he's gonna he's gonna do big big things especially after what he did in 2021. Nope. He got totally usurped by Greg Dulcich. And uh, so Dulcich was the incumbent there. You knew it. As soon as Peyton brought Troutman in, you knew that the writing was on the wall for Albert O. And then he goes out and he has 109 yards and a touchdown in the last preseason game. Like, hey, everybody, I haven't gone anywhere yet. We know that he's talented. So, yeah, absolutely. Grab that dude. Stash him. 
And uh, and if anything happens to Goddard, there there you go. Alberto is is the man because I don't think Jake Stoll or Calcaterra are are going to be uh, fighting with Alberto for touches at all. And I really did get good at spelling Okwabunum. It's harder to say than it is to write it now. Is. It absolutely is. I, I butcher it all the time. I, I hate to say it. Even being a Missouri guy, I butcher his name all the time. It's so hard to say just the way it works together. But, yeah, I love him. I love it as a stash. I love him in a new place. I think he can work out. And like I said, the biggest knock on him is he's just not a very good blocker. He just isn't. So as long as you can use him as your second tight end where he's more in the passing game, the guy's 6'4", 260, runs a four four nine forty. I mean, he was an yeah. absolute touchdown machine at Missouri for Drew Locke. Drew Locke, every time he needed a big play, a touchdown, he went to Albert O. I just love the idea of him getting a new spot here. And like you said, this is a big-time offense. If Goddard gets hurt, Albert O is, is playable. He's not even playable. He could end up being pretty relevant on a good team. So he's my favorite pickup. If somebody's out on him, go get him. If he's sitting on your waiver wire, go get him. I, I like that move a ton. Uh, just a couple as we'll finish up here as we're getting to the hour mark. Uh, Miami converted wide receiver to tight end Elijah Higgins. He was kind of a deep sleeper people were talking about. He got cut today by the Dolphins. And another guy that I was kind of in on taking late in drafts was Zach Kuntz uh, out of Old Dominion, the old Penn State uh, tight end who just absolutely lit up the combine, had a perfect RAS score for a tight end. The guy, I mean, he's got size, he's got speed. I'm not sure what the problem is, but the Jets – Really deep at tight end. They have a ton of guys in that locker room. He ended up getting cut. So he's a guy I'm keeping an eye out on waivers to see where he ends up because I still talent rules in the NFL. And I think someone's going to give that guy a shot at some point. And the last guy I thought was really interesting was the Steelers cut Zach Gentry, who's been there for a while with a drafting of um, Darnold Washington. They've got Pat Fryermuth, Darnold Washington, and then they kept Connor Hayward, uh, Cam Hayward's brother, the rookie last year out of Michigan State. They're keeping him as a fullback slash third tight end. He was really interesting in the preseason. They targeted him a decent amount. He got a decent amount of carries in the backfield where they went uh, two tight end sets with Washington and Muth and put him in the backfield and ran a power set where they gave him handoffs. So he's a guy that if he's sitting out there for you, really interesting, especially since the Steelers decided to only keep three running backs, kept from McFarland for um, – special teams and kick returns. And then they've got Jalen Warren and obviously Najee Harris, but Hayward technically is their fourth running back slash fullback slash third tight end. So he's an interesting guy that seems like they want to figure out how to use him. again. You're not going to take him in a normal 10 team league, 12 team league, but if you're getting into deeper leagues uh, where you can get a guy like that, he's an interesting guy to stash. I picked him up last year and put him on a couple taxi squads. Um, and with, you know, with Zentry gone and then making some moves, he's a guy i like as well yeah I, I like hayward a lot i liked him coming out of college the only problem with him is he's a tweener in every sense of the word he's too big to be a running back he's not quite tall enough to be a tight end uh he's a little bit too little bit more athletic than you need to be to to be a fullback i think that his destiny was to be on defense and he just fought it and fought it and stayed on the offensive side of the ball but yeah i was watching watching him closely coming into the draft last year and he just did not fit anything that I was trying to do in, in any of my dynasty rookie drafts or anything. But I, I have him on my sleeper watch list on the sleeper app because he's so interesting to me. 
And I almost wish that I was in, you know, like a, a 40 man roster kind of situation where I could just sit there and, you know, have him next to my Alex Collins RIP uh, drafts that, <laughs> draft that I make just, you know, to honor guys. I, I like making draft picks like that where, you know, Hey, nothing's ever going to work out, but I just like knowing that I have him on my team. That's not to say that nothing can work out with Hayward. I think, you know, maybe if you have, an, if have him in a best ball league, he spikes and has a 15 point day, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like him. And Kuntz was a surprise. The or Kuntz was a surprise. The only thing is Yeboah just beat him out. That was, mm-hmm. I mean, you got Tyler Conklin and you got Yeboah and Yeboah just said, this is my job is the fourth tight end, not yours. And that that's unfortunate for Kuntz. Yeah, I think he ends up somewhere. He's a guy I'm not cutting yet because I think somebody will definitely pick him up. That's going to do it for us here on the Sue with JT Brew. I want to thank Brandon Booth for joining me. Go, Brandon, go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you, the stuff you do, uh, where they can find your articles, all the, all that good stuff. All right, so you can find me on Twitter at BigBonedFFB. Uh, I also have a sub stack under the same name. Uh, I do a little bit of content. Uh, I just dropped my first YouTube video, YouTube at Big Bone at FFB. Uh, I write for DynastyPros.com, DynastyProsFootball.com. Uh, we're about to debut uh, a Dynasty Dilemmas, which is a, an article format that we do on Dynasty Pros. I'm about to debut a Dynasty Dilemmas podcast for Dynasty Pros. Uh, in that, I'm going to have a, a guest on with me, and we're going to go the, over the pros and cons and debate on what to do with with a guy in Devi, uh, probably two per podcast. So look for that. Uh, and then I I write the AFC news for PlayerProfiler.com. Uh, there's no byline, so you just kind of have to like look for AFC West players. And when you go into their profile on Player PlayerProfiler.com, uh, any any new news starting the last couple weeks moving forward, just know that I wrote that. So if you want to find that, then look up AFC West players on Player Profiler. But I want to say thank you so much for having me, JT. And uh, it's it's good to talk football. I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped about that new show that's going to be on Dynasty Pros YouTube channel because I want to come on there. We've talked about me coming on there and, and doing some of those Dynasty Dilemmas. We've got articles up on the uh, website, but that's stuff we want to do on the YouTube page. So that's also another great uh, thing you can add on the Dynasty Pros YouTube channel. Check me out. I think next Tuesday, we were doing Monday shows in the summer, but I think we're going to do Tuesday shows for the Debbie show with me, with Tommy and SC. Always do the Debbie show for Dynasty Pros, so make sure you look for me on there all my content on dlf i'm an idp ranker all kinds of idp articles and stuff coming out look for that i've also uh for fan tracks my buddy john glenn commissioner evaluation podcast check us out on their youtube channel i jump in and co-host over there with him you can find all the stews with jt brew on the dynasty pros youtube channel plus you just look up the stew with jt brew on any of your favorite podcast channels uh spotify apple any of that stuff all that stuff is down uh downloaded every week so you can jump on and listen to that you can look at me on x or the twitter x twitter as i like to call it at jt orange you can find me talking about anything and everything uh fantasy football related uh go ahead and follow me there follow jt bruce stew to follow the show so you can see every time a new show is coming out i want to say once again thanks 
for joining me, Brandon. It was a great show, talking cuts, big-time moves. Uh, some of these things are super important. Some of these are more deep, Debbie dives, deep dives on, on players. But, you know, you like to take a look and try to get that any edge you can whenever you're uh, talking fantasy football with everybody. So, everyone, thanks for joining us here on the Stewie JT Brew. We appreciate it. May all your draft picks hit and the trading never quit. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks, JT. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with.